goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Friday edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Great line, Bob, the Taylor Swift's playing. Love that line. And of course, if you are trapped indoors because of snow, this is the place to be. WABC. I'm going to just tell you up front, we have too much news breaking and too much news on the table to get to everything that I would love to talk with you about today. So since there's snow, many of you don't have to, some of us do, of course, have to Go to work every day. But if you're going to sit out tomorrow, tune in to the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We always have a hoot. It's always a great time. 7 a.m. is when we start, and we'll be able to get to a lot of stuff in the three hours we have tomorrow. Andrew Giuliani is here. I asked Andrew yesterday after our great conversation. I so love talking with Andrew. And we talk every Thursday. And Andrew was headed off to the Moms of Liberty event. And I asked him to uh, check back in with us today and tell us how it went. And, Andrew, how did it go? Well, I got to tell you, I got greeted with a Bronx jeer out there. I get a lot better greeting when I come on your show with you, James, than I do uh, <laughs> from, let's say, the anti-fascist, which is so ironic. You know, they were ye- think about it, the irony here. They were yelling at members of Moms for Liberty and supporters like myself who believe in more choice, that parents should have more options, and it shouldn't be government control strictly over our child's education. And they're the ones yelling at the attendees as fascists. And I said, well, wait a second. How are we fascists if we actually want more choice for individuals, more choice for parents, more choice for their children? And uh, they didn't really have an argument to that, so they reverted to four-letter words, of which, look, I'm a New Yorker. I grew up pretty well. I know all the four-letter words, and I know how to use them as nouns, verbs, and adjectives. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're pretty creative when it comes to their four-letter words. I'll give them that. So, and the event itself turned out to be, was it anything unexpected? Or tell us a little bit about the atmosphere, the flavor of the event. I know there was some Q&A going on, too. Yeah, how, I, so how did that work out? It, it was It was really, really good. You know, they had a bunch of different uh, chapters represented, not just from the New York area, uh, but also from Arkansas, from Texas. And basically what it was was it was talking of the success that they've seen from school choice, from universal vouchers in many of these states, of which, honestly, over the last couple of years, I think we've gone from now from three states that have universal vouchers, school choice, uh, to now 10 states that have complete vouchers and 30 states, 30 of the 50 states actually have some type of a portion of a voucher. But there are 10 of them that have universal school choice vouchers, including Florida. Uh, and basically what it was, was it was presenting to New Yorkers and saying, look, uh, we understand that the state, that the city is a long way away, considering, you know, you've got the supermajority of, of Democrats in Albany, as well as in the city council that seems to be bought and paid for by the teachers union. But the best way that we can start to get our message across, whether it's in these red areas, we can go directly to the state legislature, or maybe it's in some of these blue areas like New York, where the best thing that we can do is take our arguments to parents and say, hey, 
I don't care if you're blue or you're red. This is what's best for your kids. This is what we believe is best for your kids. We're presenting you the idea. So I think they're looking at this and saying, look, New York might not be uh, pushing for any legislation on this anytime soon, but we're going to make our pitch to our parents here so then that way they can be equipped with the best information as possible. And that's how you start to change the minds on this. Absolutely. You have to be in the battle, in the public arena, to actually begin to persuade. Uh, Andrew, I'm going to ask you to stick around for a minute. I want to go through some headlines. If you want to react to anything, fine. Um, And some of these are going to go by quick. News today. Alec Baldwin was indicted on involuntary manslaughter charge in that rush shooting. He thought he he had gotten off. He's not off. So right now he's going to have to face a jury or or, or a court in New Mexico. They heard evidence, and um, as a result of the evidence, he has now been charged one count of involuntary manslaughter. A dark day, it is said, for sports journalism. Sports Illustrated informed most of their staff today, you're fired. You're done. Some employees terminated immediately. Others working um, um, through the end of the notice period before they are let go. The company that owns them was... I'm sorry to interrupt. No, I remember when I was a young kid, and I would look forward to my Sports Illustrated coming in every single week. I was so excited. It's kind of amazing to see um, how uh, how over over the years how media has completely uh, changed. Print media, at least, has completely changed, uh, and that's just not something that I guess this generation has grown up with. You know, I, I I am a heterosexual male, and so I did also enjoy the swimsuit edition. I must say, but I also like the other 51 editions as well when you were talking about sports. Well, on social media, Andrew, today, some people are saying, go woke, go broke. And they point out that Sports Illustrated has started putting uh, certain women that are, how shall we say, um, rather large yeah, uh, right. in on the cover. And then they put a trans woman on. And so the remarks are, hey, go woke, go broke. I don't know whether that's the case here. Or whether it is, as you say, reading is, oh, reading. Talk about magazines. Let's not even talk about books. Books are antiquated these days. Okay, Andrew, Tim Scott endorses Donald Trump tonight at a rally in New Hampshire. Surprised? No, I'm not surprised. I know that they've had a very good relationship going back even to the first step act. I know uh, Senator Scott was one of the people to quarterback that. Uh, on the Hill with the president. It seemed like they never got any issues on the campaign trail. Not surprised, maybe a little surprised that it didn't happen before Iowa and it's taken this long. Uh, But, uh, you know, every time that I've had the opportunity to deal with Tim Scott, probably about four or five times, every single time he's come across to me as a genuine, great human being on top of all the great work that he does in the Senate. So I'm very happy to see Senator Scott getting behind President Trump uh, to become the 47th president. Let's turn to New Hampshire, Andrew. Uh, Donald Trump said to hold latest surveys, Suffolk University, a 16-point lead over Nikki Haley in New Hampshire. That primary comes up in four days. Are you shocked? I was, uh, I've been reading articles, and you see that they're starting to fade now. 
about the surge that Nikki Haley was having in New Hampshire. Then she got the endorsement of Governor Sununu up there. And there were nothing but news stories about how Nikki is surging, Nikki is surging. And today, survey says, 16-point lead so far for Donald Trump. Now, we don't know how the votes are going to actually end up, but that's a pretty significant lead to be polling with. Yeah, I'm not surprised just in the sense that, you know, when I've looked at Nikki Haley's campaign, I it's it's tough for me to tell you what the vision is, what the long-term vision for the country is. It seems to me in, in many ways kind of more of the, you know, Bush doctrine, if you will, uh, coming from the Haley camp uh, in terms of kind of, well, what are we going to do with uh, some of these endless wars and where we feel on this? So to, to me, I think that, uh, honestly, President Trump's ideas – are better, and I think that's actually what's starting to shine through. I think at some point people start looking as they get closer to primary day and say, "Well, wait a second, how is our country going to be better over the next four years?" And I think the answer, more and more people are saying, it's by Donald J. Trump. I mean, I, I found it funny that so many people were trying to spin uh, that Donald Trump didn't have a great night because uh, he won. 51% of the vote, that 49% of the voters in Iowa voted against. And I said to myself, wait a second, this guy set a record and more than doubled the record here. He's the first candidate to get over 50%, and they still want to say that he had a bad night. So I'm just. Yeah, but that's people like Joe Scarborough. You know, poor Joe's been whipped for a while. <laughs> and true. then, you know, and, and then the other one, I even forget who it was. It was some. That, that, that you would never trust their opinion on anything is, is that what a lame response. Oh yeah. And well, he won 98 of 99 of the counties and he didn't have a good night. Right. <laughs> and, and, and the one county they lost by, they lost by one vote, but the Haley campaign actually ended up magnifying, uh, that they ended up, uh, sending out that same email. I think that Scarborough ended up putting out there talking about this. So this was something that maybe Scarborough was the, brainchild behind the idea, but certainly the Haley campaign uh, magnified it at the time. Okay, it's time to do some fanny talk. And <laughs> instead of starting with Fanny's fanny, let's start with Nikki's fanny. <laughs> Apparently, Nikki has had some fanny issues in the past I've and has come rumors. back. Yeah, that's what we've heard. But the Daily Mail today, UK Daily Mail today, ran an exclusive story I shall read you the headline, Andrew. Headline, exclusive, Nikki Haley did cheat on her husband, Michael, had affairs, that's plural, had affairs with her comms consultant and a married South Carolina lobbyist before she became governor, sworn affidavits and new witnesses claim. And the story goes on and on to discuss the fact that Ms. Haley, according to the Daily Mail, had two extramarital affairs during her gubernatorial campaign. Uh, her husband, by the way, I think was at home serving his country. No, he was overseas in Afghanistan. Uh, anyway, at the time, she said she had been 100% faithful to the father of her two children. Uh, Michael Haley, who was deployed in Afghanistan with the National Guard. Hmm, cats away. Okay. Uh, but multiple GOP insiders told DailyMail.com they were intimately aware of Haley's infidelities 
as a South Carolina lawmaker, including tales of steamy liaisons in the back of her Cadillac SUV, canoodling with her lover's lap in her lover's laps and bars, nights spent together. It goes on and on with salacious material, but they also provide affidavits from some of these people. Then, later this afternoon, another story, breaking news. This is in the Daily Mail, breaking news. Nikki Haley bans Daily Mail from all her future campaign events. After publishing report on resurfaced allegations, she cheated on her husband with communications consultant and a married lobbyist. So apparently that fanny was active, uh, <laughs> if you believe the Daily Mail back in the day. And Nikki's folks are not too pleased that this is uh, coming out, so to speak, now. I can imagine they wouldn't be too pleased. Look, I had heard the rumors, too, while she was, uh, you know, U.S. ambassador. Um, I obviously am not intimately aware, as some of these sources are. So, you know, these were just rumors that I had heard. So there's nothing Mm. uh, that I could speak to on this. Um, But, you know, look, it's, you know, whether or not it's fair or not, this is part of the deal with your presidential candidate. I mean, they look under every single uh, nook and in, in every crevice, I guess. There's no pun intended in that, but I guess. Uh, I <laughs> well, guess somebody was up in those crevices, it. apparently. I guess you could take it for what it is right there. Maybe call it a Freudian slip. But um, but obviously, this is something that happens. Look, I mean, how much have they discussed President Trump uh, and uh, and uh, his life? Over the last uh, over the last eight years, because of this, so this is just part of part of the game here. But but I had. Uh, Do you see any of this having any well. impact, though? I mean, are people just so jaded now? It's like okay, okay. So she was so she was boinking one or two others, maybe three, one or two yeah. others. Do you think anybody cares? It's like <laughs> anymore. Look, I think there's a small subsect, and I'm obviously somebody who, um, you know, look, I, I treasure my relationship with my wife. So I, I understand from that standpoint that you can look in from a character perspective. But I think the biggest question that people have are, well, who's going to be able to come in and save the country? Who's going to be able to go and understand that this is a, an election for the future of Western civilization? So I think more than anything, look, maybe there'll be some people to look and say, yeah, this is, you know, maybe a straw that breaks the camel's back, if you will. I don't know how much of an effect it's going to have on voting day. I think, uh, honestly, people are looking and saying, you know what? Trump seems to, from an economic standpoint, from a foreign policy standpoint, he's answered these questions before, and he'll answer him again. And I think that's why they're starting to come home to Donald Trump. And that's why I think he's going to be the winner of our first primary, the New Hampshire primary, on Tuesday. Fanny's Fanny now. We did Nikki's Fanny. Well, let me rephrase that. because Andrew Giuliani and James Golden. (laughs) Right, because we didn't do Nikki's Fanny, but we... And we didn't cover Nikki's Fanny. We covered news of Nikki's Fanny. And now moving on to news of Fanny's Fanny. <laughs> well, I, I want to be very clear. I, I've, uh, I, I've, I've married one, and I've only done one Fanny in a very, very long time. So I'll be very okay, clear. Okay, okay. that on the Thank, record. How about that? That's, that's it. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> uh, okay. Here are some headlines. And we can get into the details of Fanny's Fanny it's a little bit later. Uh, in fact, tomorrow maybe, but I just want to run the headlines by you, Andrew, before we have to go to a break here. Uh, here's a headline from the Amazon Prime Washington Post. 
Georgia prosecutor in Trump case paid for flights with Fannie Willis filing shows. Now, what is unusual about this, very unusual about this, is that the Washington Post is actually covering it. <laughs> Amazing, right? That's Andrew, the Washington Post is covering Fannie's Fanny. Yeah. They're not ignoring tales of the Fanny. Okay, another one. Go ahead, go ahead. No, they, they must really realize, I mean, they must realize that there really is fire here with this. Because, you know, if this they thought this was just smoke that they could wave away uh, and look the other way on. But I think they're looking and saying, hey, look, if we choose not to cover this, this would be another strike against our credibility, which I don't know how many strikes that would be over the last 8, 10, really 20 years for the Washington Post. But they must really see that there is that there is fire here with, with Fannie Willis uh, and the special prosecutor. Well, I'll tell you what, because we're running up on time, Andrew. I'm going to say thank you. I so look forward to catching up with you next week. And I will continue to read headlines out from the rest of the Fannie news today. There's lots of Fannie news, my friends, on thank WABC. You. And I'll be Always with you tomorrow pleasure. morning. <laughs> thank you, Andrew. Andrew Giuliani. My friends, I just love talking with Andrew. <laughs> yeah, okay, we have so much music today. Diego was saying he may have to put in some mixes because we don't have time to do all the music we have today. Uh, this one, horse with no name, you remember this, America. Well, English-born American musician, singer, guitarist, songwriter, Dewey Bunnell with America. Dewey Bunnell. What did I say? Bonnell. Bunnell. I think. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Bunnell. I ran yeah. sound for America. I'm not sure what? if I told you. You did what? I ran sound for an America concert. I helped run sound. I, I shadowed. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, that's back awesome. in, uh, in New Jersey when they came in uh, uh, October of 2021, I uh, snuck into the sound booth and, hey, hey, I'm a training audio engineer. Can I, like, sit in? They're like, yeah. <laughs> Whoa, that's what an awesome thing. Yeah, I, I was like, hey, the worst they could say is no, and yes, and they said yes, so, yeah. Wow, anyway, okay, well, Mr. Bunnell's birthday is today. Let, let's go through a few of them, and then when people hear them, we won't have to stop all the time. Tom Petty. Tom Petty, this is the day, sad day, that he passed away, Right. Accidentally mixing drugs. Damn, I'm just going through the list. This Tom Petty, dig this. Fentanyl, oxycodone, acetafentanyl, some other drug that's another fentanyl that I can't pronounce. And he's got then some other sedatives and an antidepressant. A lot of drugs. Bruce Springsteen went to number one, High Hopes. John Stewart, who wrote The Monkey's Daydream Believer, passed away on this day. Mama's and the Papa's songwriter. Uh, Denny Doty died in his home near uh, Toronto this day. Short illness. Wicked Wilson Pickett. We used to affectionately call him Will Wicked Wilson Pickett. You know, Midnight Hour, all that good stuff. Mustang Sally. He passed away. Carl Perkins, Blue Suede Shoes, passed away on this date. 
Fleetwood Mac got back together so that they could serenade Bill Clinton's inauguration. That's a real sad occasion. Pink Floyd, The Wall, goes to number one. The Monkees were at number one in 67 with I'm a Believer. And there's so much more. You know, uh, Diego, we have to try to find a song. America's number one broadcast engineer. The one, the only, Mr. Mamone, Mike Mamone, has suggested an update theme for Fanny. Everybody Loves My Fanny by Benny Bell. We need to find that song. As our Fanny Willis update theme, Everybody Loves My Fanny. We'll get it. Boston Early with you. Thank you, Mr. Mike, America's premier broadcast engineer. Boston Early's Rush Hour, WABC, coming back. There is more Fanny news, and there's more news and more music here. It's Friday. It's snowy. It's us. Let's hang out and have some fun on WABC. Market Square, she's standing in her underwear, looking down from a hotel room, and that ball will be coming soon. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads, attention Bo Scouts, Rush on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh yeah, you sexy thing. You got the fanny going on. Harvey Hensley, British soul band, Hot Chocolate. Yeah, baby, Hot Chocolate. With the 1975 hit, You Sexy Thing. Born today, born this day, I think, yeah, in 1948. What do you I just got another text. Looks like Fanny is much like Trump. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Fan- uh-uh. No. No, 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 no. Don't go there. there. Trump on the brain. No, no, no. Look, this deal with Fanny is getting deep, okay, so to speak. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, let's go through some of the other Fanny headlines. Fulton County DA Fanny Willis attempts to get suspended subpoena related to alleged misconduct squashed. She wants that subpoena squashed. Georgia prosecutor Fanny Willis has neither confirmed nor denied her alleged improper relationship with special prosecutor Nathan Wade. Now, one of the articles, and I'm searching for it right now, here's one out of the Daily BS. This one, this one to me is nervy. Fanny Willis accuses alleged lover's wife of interfering with Trump case. So here's a guy that divorces his wife, and then within a two or three days or whatever, very short period of time, he's hanging out on fan, with, in, with Fanny's Fanny. And 
Now Fanny's attacking the wife that the guy left. This is nerve. Yo, sister, soul, sister. This is, this is nerve. Okay? You got the, you took her man. Her man's your Fanny. And now you're going to attack the wife? Yeah. I mean, what kind of business is this? You got the guy's wife. He, he left his wife. Yo, soul sister, now you're going to attack the soul sister out here? How does that work? You got her man. You won. He likes your fanny better than hers. He's flying her. He's flying your fanny all around the country. And now you're going to go after the guy's wife? Who he ditched for you? Talk about low rent. Thank you. Now, next headline. Fannie Willis hired Trump 2020 election case prosecutor with whom she's accused of having an affair after two others said no. I think this is the story that actually, yes, this is the story. This is the story that goes into her boyfriend slash special prosecutor's experience. Listen to this, folks. What are Nathan Wade's credentials? Wade's reputation as a lawyer in Georgia presents a mixed picture because there is no doubt that his resume is thin when it comes to criminal law. Stop for just one second. When is the last time we heard somebody's resume was thin? I'll tell you. Claudine Gay. Just a few weeks ago, we were told she has a thin resume when it comes to, but she was promoted anyway with a thin resume. So now, continue. So now, we're hearing that Fanny's guy has a thin, well, he, he ain't thin everywhere, apparently. He has a thin resume in criminal law. Maybe not in everything else. Thin resume. Get this. He has no experience trying complex felony cases, let alone a multi-defendant racketeering prosecution like the one he is now in charge of. Stop! One more time. His criminal work appears to be limited to relatively minor misdemeanor and traffic cases. The guy was handling traffic cases. But that's all right. The man got the fanny. With his thin resume, he must have something else in his background 
that has some thickness to it. We got to check in. Your call is coming up, 800-848-WABC. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I know a lot of you are wondering, how does a guy that just goes to traffic court and handles traffic cases and other little misdemeanors, how does he end up on the biggest political trial in American history? This is the biggest. It is a RICO case at that. It is a complex, huge political trial. How does the guy end up in charge of this trial whose only experience is handling traffic cases? I'll tell you how. Fanny. Baby, look here. Fanny, now you know, you know I hook you up, girl. You know, Fanny, I know how, I know, I know how to make it happen. Fanny, I need in on that case. Come on, Fanny, turn around, baby. I, Fanny, don't get cheeky with me, baby. Listen, I need... I need, you need me, and I need to be. Yeah, baby, you know I love you. Come on, Fanny. I just, I left my wife for you, Fanny. Come on, Fanny. You got to hook a brother up. You got to, I'm hooking you up, right? Come on, Fanny, baby. Baby, honey. Don't freeze me out, baby. I love you, Fanny. I love you so much. Let me in, Fanny. Let me do this thing. Fanny, you and me together will make history. I know you, Fanny. I know you, Fanny. That Fanny. Oh, I gotta stop. Anyway, that's how a guy who just does misdemeanor traffic cases, ends up on the... Can you believe this? And this woman has the nerve to say the criticism of her is because y'all a bunch of racists. Oh, y'all a bunch of racists. Y'all not used to having a strong black man anywhere. You're a bunch of racists. Racists? The guy worked traffic cases. And you put him on the most complex, biggest political case in the history of the United States of America. Fresh out of working a traffic case. Anybody. How does that make sense? It makes zero sense. You know it, and I know it. Let's head to the telephone, shall we? People have been waiting. Pete, in Piscataway, New Jersey, you've been waiting. How are you? Happy Friday. I'm fine, but I'll be better if you give me the last to say on this. 
Um, happy Friday to you, too. I disagree with you on the uh, way to fix um, inner city schools is to have more charter schools. I think the way you fix that is to make the men of the city accountable and responsible to their families and have a family unit. That's what I think will fix it, not more charter schools. Because if you take the faculty and the administration of a suburban school and you put it in a city school, they're going to fail. And if you take the um, uh, faculty and the administration from the city school and put them in the suburbs, they'll, they'll be good. Okay, let me just say this, Pete. We don't have a big disagreement at all. I've been saying one of the things that has troubled me so much, and I pointed this out on this show, I used to go up to Mount Kisco, and one night that was traffic hell trying to get to Mount Kisco was the night that opened schoolhouse, that they had open school for the parents. Traffic jams. Meanwhile, I contrasted that to a story that Rush Limbaugh did. They had a citywide PTA meeting in Washington, D.C. They catered it. More members of the media showed up than parents. There is no question, there is no question that parents who want an education for their children will have the deepest impact on that child's life. And that goes with everything else. Strong parents. But there is also no question that having a good school where there are capable teachers and you're not left with the dregs of the teaching society is also important. And parents should have the liberty and freedom to educate their kids as they see fit, not how some teachers union and Democrat Party oppressors see fit. So we don't have a big disagreement, Pete. Thank you for the call. Adam in Hempstead, New York, how are you? Welcome to Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. Driving the bus. Well, he's in the bus. Hey, Adam, how's it going in that bus? Mm-hmm. Let's move on and talk to New Haven. Go to New Haven and catch up with Steve. Steve, how are you? Hello, James Golden. How are you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Hi. I wanted to say a few things first. Um, the way you sign off, right, and you just say bye, you totally remind me of my father. So don't stop doing that. I love that. Oh, thank Second you. Second great show you're having. Don't stop calling out Fanny and her hypocrite cohorts. And then lastly, my point was about the layoffs, right? So Sports Illustrated has the layoffs. Well, who else have the layoffs? Just about everybody, right? Do you think that has something to do with AI? You know how you read an article? Oh, AI, you are so prescient. And, you yeah, are so nothing. prescient. AI, yes, in the news story, AI is mentioned. AI is a threat now to journalists, not just journalists. It was a big part of the Hollywood writer's strike, and it is going to become more prevalent in all written forms of media. So I don't know specifically whether this was a deciding factor. Apparently, Sports Illustrated is not using it. But Sports Illustrated, in case you're just hearing this, bombshell, almost the entire staff 
of Sports Illustrated laid off today. Let's roll with that mix you had, Diego, because it's time for us to check in with Lou Dobbs here on WABC. Why? Come on, tell us. This is your favorite song. This is my One favorite of song favorites. out of all of these. Hold on, where is it? Uh, There it is. Today, born on this day, was uh, Mickey Virtue, 1957, keyboards with UB40, who had the 1983 UK number one and uh, 1988 US number one single, Red Red Wine, and over 30 other top 40 hits with UB40. Nice. And you know who else? Heavenly birthday today. 1943, American singer-songwriter Janis Joplin. Wow, she kicked butt at Woodstock. Me and Bobby McGee. 1971. Part of the 27 Club. Anyway, we got ahead. Check in with Lou Dobbs. More of your calls coming up. Stay with us right here on Boats Nerdly's Rush Hour. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. WABC Talk Radio 77. It is Friday. Pink Floyd, number one, The Wall. Wish we had that wall up in the, I mean, anyway. Okay, to look, one of the things that Princess Diana has been talking about before anybody else, she said it's going to be Michelle Obama. And she said that last year. We have been going back and forth on it. It broke all out in the news this week. Michelle actually had a quote that she wants to get in. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm still skeptical, but I cannot wait to check in with Princess Diana about that, about the uh, problems now that the House new uh, majority speaker is running into. And, of course, I still support Speaker Johnson, but others, Steve Bannon is calling for him to be taken out of Speaker. So we're going to do the okay. whole thing again with the nominations and everything, huh? Oh, we're not doing that again. <laughs> and, of course, tomorrow morning, um, America's small caffeinated mom, Rhonda Schrock, joins us. Derek Hunter joins us. half Brit Nick, TJ, the whole crew, everybody. Pink Floyd on WABC Talk Radio 77. Let's get to... James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. And let's get to Robert in Suffolk County. Robert, what is your thought? The wording of the 14th Amendment, Article 3, an officer of the United States had deliberately excluded the executive branch so that our top government officials, the uh, executive branch of government, could not be eviscerated by a mere accusation without the due process of law, a.k.a. impeachment, 
And then ultimately failing that, the voters at the polls. Look, this whole insurrection acting is a sham. We all know it's a sham. It's up before the Supreme Court. All we have to do is be patient. One hopes. Thank you for the call. Sandra in New Jersey, Rapid Phones, what is on your mind this afternoon? Well, what's on my mind is you're on a roll today with Fanny and Nikki, and the Nikki news is very, very interesting to me. I guess she's not so perfect like she's letting people believe she is, but then again, I think, who is yeah. perfect? Yeah, <laughs> that little Nikki news is bad. I mean, not one affair, two affairs. Oh my God. Mm. But, Mm-hmm. But I wanted to say something today. This is I, I, I couldn't get over this. This pervert, Estes Thompson, he were, he's an attendant on an airline. You know what he does? He takes his phone. He takes, like, company stickers, like you're out of service or the seat broken. He covers his phone up with that, and he puts it on the toilet seat in the bathroom, and then he takes five young girls doing things in the bathroom. And, then and thank goodness this teenage girl spotted the phone camera, knew what it was, took a picture of it. He has now been arrested, and you are right. They found multiple pictures with this perv. He's so I am, like, go ahead. Oh, he's, he, if he, he's probably going to get made. You can get 50 years of prison time, $250,000 fine, and he may have to be supervised for the rest of his life, if whatever. But isn't that disgusting what this little creep did? It is beyond disgusting. You're absolutely right. Thank you, Sandra. Let's go to Steve in Belmore. How are you, Steve? I'm great, Mr. B. How are you feeling, sir? I'm hanging. What's, well, oh, excuse me. That's a little fanny yeah, talk there. Um, I'm good. Number one, sir, I want to be the first to tell you you're, you're the best since Rush. Number Thank two, you. you're welcome. Number two, if whenever you talk to Mayor Giuliani or somebody, we have a holiday for George Washington. We have a holiday for uh, uh, Mr. Lincoln. We have a holiday for Martin Luther King, my hero. And I think we should have a holiday if you talk to someone for 9-11. Amen to that. I love you. Thank you, Steve. And then, so please, I want you to play For Your Precious Love by Jerry Butler. I was just listening to Jerry Butler the other day, and I love that song. If we get it in the library, I will play it. Steve, thank you. Let us go to Frank in Hampton. How are you, Frank? Hey, good afternoon, Bo. Love your show every day. I have a suggestion for you, though. Every time you go to talk about Fanny, you need an intro. Wild thing. Whoa, baby. Fanny's wild thing. Well, we had that suggestion from Mr. Mike, broadcast engineer supremo, and so we've got another one now. We may have to do two things for Fanny. Well, two-cheek Fanny. Um. Anyway, Vinny and Massapequa, got to go quick. Time is running out. What's up, Vinny? Sure, quick one. School choice. You need some place for the people who are already concerned about their kids to put their kids. Otherwise, they're stuck in the system as it is. Thank you. That's it for today. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your families, and your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me the pleasure and honor of being with you. God willing, back early in the morning, 7 a.m., for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Hope you're here with us. Till then. 
Fanny, Fanny, Fanny. Bye.